Creating a Legacy podcast, a podcast to help people to train their mind to be their biggest asset. On today's episode, we had Sarah. She's an intuitive guide, helping people with self-love and self-acceptance. It's one of the big topics we spoke about in this podcast. And also, we spoke about normalizing therapy, which is something that I strongly believe in too. I think we all need to go see someone about some stuff that's happened in our life. Yeah, and in saying that, this was a really good episode. And make sure you check all Sarah's uh, social media. That she posts very, very great stuff. And that, but other than that, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, welcome to the show. How are you today? I am really well. How are you? Yeah, I'm going really well today. You know, took a bit of action on a couple of things and that, which was cool. Seen the ball rolling. <laughs> yeah, so important, eh? Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I'll start this podcast. I'll get you to introduce yourself, what you're about, and then we'll dive straight in. Yeah, cool. So my name is Sarah Kane and I am a Kiwi. I'm over in New Zealand and um, on a daily basis, I am um, studying to become a real estate agent. That's my new my new life. I was in corporate and sales for a long time and I decided to get out of that and um kind of yeah change my life a little bit in that area and on the side what I do is I don't like to call myself a coach I don't know why I just don't I just don't work I don't I, like it. I'm gonna jump in there I agree and I'm like I don't know what else to call myself because I introduce myself to people and like what else I do like say mindset coach is like my side thing and I always get written down men's coach and I'm like I don't want to be known as a coach <laughs> kind of thing hey what was that so it's interesting that yeah. people like coach is like the word. It's almost like they don't know what else to, yeah, like you said, they don't know what else to call you. So they're just like coach. Yeah. And I don't like to be called a coach because I don't really think I coach people. Like I don't really think that that's what my job is. Like I just think, so I, I used to call myself or what I have on my Instagram is um, intuitive guide. So I use my intuition and I guide from that place. And um, that seems to work nicely for me. And what I created, as uh, as we were discussing a little bit earlier, I created a little um, company when lockdown happened, the first one in New Zealand. And I created a four-week program for people all about self-love and acceptance and, um, yeah, like loving all parts of ourselves and really... Um, yeah just 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 accepting all of these different parts some that we like some that we don't like some that we have suppressed since we were kids some that you know all the masks that we wear um and i why i am passionate about this is that i was the one wearing all the masks right and i've done a lot of work, work um you know since i was like 25 i started going to therapy when i was 25 and i'm 33 now and that's where I started learning um, a whole lot of stuff about myself and spirituality and, you know, looked into different theories and um, therapies and, and I'm just so interested in mental health and helping people to feel better about themselves and to have a um, higher level or a bigger level of love for themselves. And that's, I just, I like to talk from my own experiences. I don't, I haven't really, I mean, I've learned different things and different modalities and stuff like that, but I do love to just speak from um, my own experiences because I think that that's the best way to speak from. Um, 
and yeah, so I've guided a, a number of people through this four-week program and um, a lot of them have done eight weeks with me and just found that they, yeah, just see the world a little bit differently after it. So that is who I am. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it how you say you speak from, I guess, your experience because I think that's the most important thing because as human beings, we storytell and then that creates relatability and then it makes, and it's also helps people not feel alone in their own shit, especially when you are going through your mental health stuff. Like I, like I went through it, my stuff probably like all through my teenagers, teenagehood, I should say all the way to probably 21, I started really flipping the script and that, and I, yeah, I just felt alone. I felt like I was the only person going through it. And I think that's the problem with a lot of these things is that because I guess society's got this massive or society is pretty much just like an Instagram newsfeed, right? Thinking you have to be up here all the time, happy, blah, blah, blah. You don't think anyone else is going through shit. So then you kind of curl up in your bubble even more because that's all you're seeing every single day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely agree. It's like, it's like that highlight reel of your life, you know, and we only show the good parts and we only show the best parts. Um, and that's just, there's just so much more to life than that. And, and like you've said, I love that you've said all this, actually, you know, it's, it's so important to realize that because when you are going through stuff that you're not the only one going through it at that time. And also a lot of people have been through similar things and had similar experiences, but you feel so isolated you feel so alone and it's it's really hard it was hard for me to open up and speak about what was actually going on for me um and I didn't know I didn't really know what was going on either you know you don't really know I remember doing a, a quiz online to see if I was depressed because I was like I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me um and yeah to to get a little bit of that clarity around oh, I'm depressed, oh, I've got anxiety, or oh, I've got this, it can, it can help, I think, and also I think that sometimes, and what I did down the track was use that, that kind of label, and used it a bit much, and, and, and used it as my identity for a while, like I'm depressed, I'm depressed, instead of like, I have depression, or I have had depression, um, and so that was a journey for me to like get off the depression train as well, you know? I love that you mentioned that because we do so much tied as our identity, make it who we are, then it gets us even more attached to that thing as well. And it's like, and also too, we also get attached to ourselves being super happy all the time, which I believe happiness is just an emotion. And, you know, each day you go through cycles of emotions and et cetera, et cetera. But then we tie ourselves with these emotions as our identity. And then say if it is happiness that we tie ourselves around and then we get sad and then we kind of pull ourselves further and further away because we're so tied up because we can't let go of either thing instead of allowing our emotions to kind of flow through. And then I guess the systems that come up is depression, anxiety, etc etc and that is probably only one part of it there's many different guests to the circle there's many different parts but yeah mm, I love that I love that the I could even like when you're saying like the flowing through of the emotions um I really love them the way that you have said that and 
also I, I, I did a post about this just the other day on um, being happy versus being content. Mm. And I remember when I was, I was, I think I was sort of coming out of my depression. I was probably, I think at the time I was actually depression. didn't want to be on, but I was on and I was coming off them. And everyone's different with antidepressants as well. I just want to say, you know, for some people they work well. For me, they didn't work well. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't a good time. Um, so I was, I was starting to come off them. And I had a conversation with this guy who is called Jimmy Hunt. And he is a, he's called the mental health change maker in New Zealand. He's a really good guy. And I had a conversation with him and I was saying, um, I was expressing that I just wanted to be happy. You know, I was like, ah, oh, I just, my focus was on, I wanted to be happy. And why was I not happy? And, you know, I just, all I want is to be happy. I just want to wake up and feel happy. And, and he, he listened and he was amazing. And just like you said, um, he, he said to me, like, you know, I wonder if you're focusing on the wrong goal. And your goal is is trying to be happy, whereas I wonder what it would be if your goal was to be content. And I was like, oh, shit, I like this. I like this. And it changed the way I started thinking. Because, again, happiness is one of many emotions. Like, to just be happy is, I feel like, for, in my opinion, for me, it's an unachievable goal. Like, I can't be happy all the time. That's just not life. Like shit will happen, sadness will come, grief will come, jealousy will come, whatever the emotion is, they need to flow freely, like you said. And if you're judging yourself about not always being happy, like you said, you're kind of perpetuating the situation of feeling like shit because you're then not achieving your goal and it's this this like loop of feeling awful. So once I started changing my um, my goal of from you know, from focusing on happiness to focusing on being content, then things started to change. And I was just saying the other day, and, and I feel it really in the last couple of months so strongly, this, this real peace and this real content with where I am in my life. And, you know, other people might look in and think, well, what's so great about your life? <laughs> but for me, well, isn't that true success right there? <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I, that is some some could see that that way like i i don't need um i don't need material things or all all of the things to be um content and and peaceful and feel really good with where i am on my journey what i've been through who i am um and just a real peace and and everything in my life and it's not to say that i don't like material things or you know, um, or want a relationship at some point and all of that stuff. But right now where I am, I'm, I'm just totally content with, with me and it's taken me a long time to get to that point. Mm. It, it is. And I think that's a very important point. I like how you brought up. It does take time for this stuff to, I guess, for you to get to that point of being content. It is like, cause a lot of the time, adulthood is pretty much unlearning everything you learned as a child and then relearning it and then breaking patterns, cycles, et cetera, et cetera, to get to that content place. And like to get back on the happiness thing a little bit too, it's like, if we didn't experience sadness, grief, jealousy, we were never able to fully experience our happiness either in those moments. 
So it's like yeah. also enjoying the ebbs and flows because that means when the good stuff comes up, you enjoy it 10 times more. Because I notice when, because at the moment, I'm still kind of unpacking all my emotions because I've been, I guess I was very numb for so many years. And actually, I did a video on it today. I haven't posted it yet. But, um, and now actually being able to, you know, still, you know, feeling the bad stuff as well, quote unquote. But now that I can feel the good stuff, I'm able to accept it in. And with someone, I guess, gives me appreciation, I'm able to feel that and actually have gratitude over it and be like, instead of like, I guess, saying thank you in my head, I can embody it now. Yeah, that's amazing. What an amazing journey you've been on. Mm. And I also, I love, I love what you said. And um, I sort of, I do this thing with my hands on, with emotions. And it's something that I, again, it's from my own experience, but I feel like for a long time I lived in, in these emotions, you know? So, so this is the middle of say like neutral. And then I would, I would be kind of happy and kind of sad. And yeah, as a child and stuff, of course I was happy. I had great times as a kid, um, but as you get older and, you know, society and all of the stuff happens and all the conditioning um I sort of got to a place where in my life where I feel like I was only feeling these amounts of emotion I was never that happy and never and I was probably pretty sad but never that happy and what I've noticed with my with all the work that I've done to kind of pull away the layers and feel the emotions and all of the stuff like now I can feel really, really sad and I can deal with that and I can move through it and I can let it flow through my body. I was telling a friend the other day that I felt like this massive like terror energy um, one day and it was like literally like I was terrified and I could feel my body, like my body was shaking and I just allowed myself to feel it. I was like, just feel it, babe, just feel it. Um, it was fucking intense. Like it's not easy, this, this work, but... I did it and so like I can feel you know down here and but because I can like you said you can also start feeling up here now you can feel the high highs you can feel the real joy and real love and and things that perhaps I wasn't be able, been able to to let in or receive before um, and my heart's more open to receiving like the love from people around me and from my family and from my friends and I can really feel that now um, whereas, as you said, like you, you're a bit numb and you're almost like, for me, I was like blocking the love. I was like, mm. I don't just, love, so I'm not, and then, therefore I couldn't feel it and I couldn't re actually receive it. Because mm. that's why, um, yeah, in saying that, that's why I love this quote. It's like, uh, you only can receive the amount of love that you have for yourself. Because mm. it's like that, you know, because you have the wall up for yourself because you don't feel good, et cetera, et cetera. So then someone tries and can be the most loving, compassionate person you ever met. But if you're not loving yourself, you're never going to be able to feel that. Yeah, that's such a great quote. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I guess what what was kind of the first drive for you or the first thing that kind of made you tick to go and talk into therapy or make you thought about that? Yeah, so I had grown up in a family where my mum had moved into and she was um, uh, talking to people a lot. And so, so kind of therapy was like a pretty normal thing for me, you know, to go and see a counselor or whatever. So um, when I realized I was depressed, I went to my local GP and the doctor 
And in my brain, I was like, I'm going here because I want them to refer me on to a doctor, uh, to, to, a, to a therapist or to a counsellor. And in New Zealand, if you go to a doctor and say, I'm, I think I'm depressed, I need to go and see a doctor. Uh, sorry, a therapist. I've done it fine. So good. <laughs> um, they, you get six free sessions. That's what I wanted to do. But when I got to the doctors, um, he, he basically said he thought that I needed to go on antidepressants instead. And so, you know, I, th I thought I was really clear about what I wanted, but sometimes when you're in a vulnerable situation and I was, and I was not feeling good, um, I just decided that that was the best thing to do at the time. Um, which when I look back now, I'm like, just so gutted that the doctor didn't see any other way because for me personally antidepressants made me worse and I reckon I was I, I was like suicidal on the antidepressants um and still really depressed off them and who knows the outcome or whatever if I hadn't who knows but for me my truth is I don't think I should have gone on them I think I should have tried therapy without it so anyway um I started going, I started taking the meds and then probably a couple of months later, I went back to another doctor and I said, I really want to go to see a counsellor or a therapist. Um, and so they, this, doc, this lady doctor then referred me on to a therapist and I went to a psychologist um, in Auckland and she was great. And I think I did six sessions with her and then the psychologist um, kind of felt that I would be best to go to a psychotherapist and um, for me the psychotherapy was incredible so I had this amazing psychotherapist called Karen who I'll never ever forget and I worked with her for probably a year um, and she she was just amazing she just really held space for me and for anyone that doesn't know what holding space is, is just basically being a loving, um, a loving wall there, you know, sitting and listening and um, giving me the space to just feel whatever I needed to feel and to say whatever I needed to say with no judgment and just love. And just, yeah, it was just, I never had really I mean I had had that with my family of course but I think when you go to therapy it's just a whole complete completely um new kind of way of holding space and you really feel like it's just all about you and you have that time for yourself so for me personally I believe that everyone at some point in their life should go to therapy and to have, should have that time where they're getting to know themselves more. Perhaps if they can't feel like they can feel their emotions, they should go and um, and go and feel their emotions with someone who is willing to just sit with them. Um, and this is what my psychotherapist did so well for me. Mm, yeah, I do completely agree with that. It's like, it should be hugely normalized to go see someone about our issues and at least do it once. Cause it's like, even if you do it once, the amount of skill set or even just someone holding space for you is such an emotional release. Cause it was like a lot of things that I've, when I first started going, I haven't been for a while now, but when I was like 19, when I first went, 
it gave me a whole different set, like, set of skills and it actually helped me to get to sleep better because I got a whole bunch of breathing techniques to get to sleep that I would probably never come across with talking to people and etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah yeah absolutely the tools and techniques and things that these you know people who are trained in these have that can just help us is just amazing and some people need tools whereas I think what I needed space I just needed space and I just needed like guidance and listening um but but some people love tools so there's you know um the psychologist or a counselor is probably more tools based um and so like I truly believe that there is a a right therapist for everyone depending on what their needs are and depending on who they are as a person as well um and then you know the the, the next step for me from the the, psych, the psychotherapy was then I went to a lady who was an energy healer and a therapist. And that's, that's when some pretty big shifts started to happen in my life. So for me, I know that energy and um, that type of thing can perhaps seal, seem a little bit woo-woo or, um, or weird for some people. But for me, in my experience, what I felt that it was doing was it was allowing the emotion that was stored in my body uh, release from my body. And um, we all hold emotion in our body. And um, I feel like we're in a society where we just do, 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 distract, distract, distract. And we don't necessarily know how to feel our own emotions. And we're not necessarily okay with feeling them because they're hard. They feel, it feels hard. It doesn't feel um, easeful or graceful or particularly nice sometimes to sit there and be a friggin' bawling mess, you know, but, but it's so important for us. And yeah, so through this energy healing, um, I was able to release a lot of the emotion that was stored in, in my body. And one of the, the main kind of, um, quotes or things that my energy healer um, therapist would say to me was your uh, external world is a reflection of your internal world so mm. if there's mm-hmm. <laughs> in your external world then you need to look inside you because thing internally that's creating this literally will create your world so when we start looking internally, and I'm, I'm by that I mean go to therapy, you know, do some energy healing, or start your journey on looking within and what makes you you and the masks or whatever that looks like. Um, your external world can change quite quickly when you start doing that, and that's that's basically how my whole world has changed um, through that. Mm, I th- that's a very powerful point I'll jump back on that in a second I was going to say just before it's like I think energy healing any type of kind of that stuff too because cognitive behavior therapy is like awesome but yeah. the, the way the body stores the way our body stores through trauma isn't always through vocabulary it's also can be as energy it can can do it through i'm trying to think you can do it through art therapy because yeah. uh, one of the one of the parts of your brain when you go through a traumatic episode it kind of shuts down the language 
bit, but it doesn't shut down the um, body's response. So that means you can show those when you go through a traumatic experience, you'll react to things in certain ways, but you have no idea why you react to it because you don't have the vocabulary memory of it, but the body has the trauma memory of it. That's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense that people can't actually speak about what's happened mm. or they don't or they can't. And a form of art therapy will just probably turn their bloody world around or, you know, even dance for me. Dance has been a really amazing thing um, or tool for me to use to um, release emotion and to move, like you were saying, letting the energy and the emotion flow through my body through um, movement and dance. So, yeah, as you said, there's a, there's a whole lot of different ways in which you can release this emotion and this energy and um, and, tra and trauma. Um, and journaling is another really big tool that I've used for so many years. Um, and I don't do it as much anymore, but I don't, I don't feel like I need to as much. But when I do, I'm like, oh, God, journal, what's coming up here? to do it every day religiously um, because that was a way that I could um, I could write what I was feeling and I could try and figure out what I was feeling and we don't always have to figure it out either that's the other point here like you can feel it and not know where it's from or what the trauma is or who cares you just feel it and you'll feel lighter um, but for me at that time I wanted to write and get it out of me um, and it didn't necessarily matter where it came from. It was just the fact that almost that the act of writing it would, would mean that it felt like it was leaving my body. Mm. And I think that's a very important point. It doesn't have to make sense. We got, for some reason, our brain's trying to process everything to make sense to, to our realities, et cetera, et cetera. That, but when things happen, it doesn't our brain doesn't process things to make sense <laughs> no totally totally yeah i really i don't think we we need to know either yeah and um also to get back to your point before because it like flew past my head what i was going to say is that it yeah it is so important to understand that our inner world reflects to our outer world and when you change that inner world, a lot of the things I guess you didn't see as opportunities become opportunities or your head was too, I guess you put your head down to so many things and now you're kind of looking at a different perspective. Life kind of, you know, is happening for you and then these things shift in your life, say a new job pops up, a new relationship pops up because you're able to see it from a different angle. Yeah, that is so true. And it's like, I used to kind of explain it or this is how I see it is like, you've got like a veil of the world over your eyes and you doing all the internal work, you're doing it within you, but you're almost peeling back the veil or you'll have a different colored veil now and it will, you know, be pink and you'll see the world in a more loving way or, or whatever way that looks like, because you've been able to process the stuff that was kind of like, um, yeah, um, like covering your perspective or creating your perspective in a, in a certain way. Mm. It's, that's like so true because it's like you know because when you put the numbers on i mean the layers of numbers you just come blindfolded to everything and yeah. 
you've come, you fall into the victim role of life because you think everything's happening for you and then you start shifting and you kind of realize that everything is happening I mean, to you, but for you. And then that's when the whole world changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I started realizing that, you know, my depression and all those years of feeling like shit and the really dark kind of the darkness that I felt. And when I started realizing that, that, yeah, as you said, that was happening for me and that I could use this and I could help people or I could talk about it or, you know, whatever, whatever I chose to do with that, um, that, that kind of propelled me in my life. Like everything starts to change, you know? Mm, 100%. I guess we'll take this a little bit back to self-love, but what are some of the exercises you, I guess, use on a daily slash weekly basis to help with self-love? Yeah, cool. Um, so what I like to do, there's like so many different things that I do, but, um, and, and, it'll, and it will be sporadically that I like to do them now, um, rather than um, a really disciplined way of doing it. I do pretty much meditate most days so that's my my discipline and meditation for me although it's not directly related to self-love it actually is for me it, it's um it's a it's the time that I have for myself no one else is there no one else can put their two cents in it's like that stillness I'm giving myself so that I can come back to myself so I find I'm, I'm quite a sensitive human um and when I I'm around a lot of people or you know even just living in a flat and you know all, all the, the the normal things that we have to do in life um can be can sometimes make me feel like I don't know I'm like don't know whether I'm coming or going or who I am and so for me meditation and coming back to myself and coming back to a stillness um enables me to um show myself love in that way in that form of giving myself the time and space that I need to come back to me. And that's super, super important for me and a lot of people, but especially if you are a sensitive type of person, um, I think it's just super, super important. Um, I will quite often um, use like touch for, for as a way of showing myself love. And I remember I would wake up, I, haven't really done it for a little while but I used to wake up every day and I would go like this on my body and I would just be like I love you I love you and I just did it as a it got into a routine of doing it um, and I loved it like I just felt so grateful for my body and so grateful for like everything oh. I do and everything I've um yeah just just everywhere I've um been and all of that and it just brings you back to yourself so the, the touch was another really cool tool that I like to use. Um, what else? I think what was the next one that I would be talking about? I mean, obviously journaling I've talked about, which was a really cool way for me to just figure out what was going on with myself. But dance and movement and music is um, also a really key um, kind of tool that I use whenever I need to like a lot really to um, to help me allow myself to um, move any emotion that's 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 there or to just bring me back to feeling really grateful and like a joy because it brings me so much joy to be able to move my body and listen to music um, 
so yeah they're probably my main my main sources of of loving myself I went through a period of time where I would do, do a lot of mirror work so I would look into the mirror and Louise Hay talks about mirror work quite a lot um, and I think some of the stuff that I did was was from her work and um, you know it would be affirmations of um, you know if I, I didn't really feel that beautiful growing up and so I'd be like I'm beautiful I'm strong and pretty I am intelligent I am you know all of these things and I would do this over and over to try and change the neural pathways in my brain to start making me realize all of these things um, and so I've done I've done um, you know like quite a lot of different things over the years that I would just I was like I would just try anything I was like I will fucking try anything to to get out of where I was um, and what I yeah I think love just love in itself is such a big big tool um, and I remember that same spiritual teacher who I had um, Sally she said to me one day in our therapy session must have been talking about love or something and she said Sarah you are love and I just laughed I was like what the fuck what do you mean like I am love you know and then um over time I've started like realizing that we are all love we're all pure love like when when we're born and there's like a baby you can feel the pure love of this baby and we just get conditioned and we just have all the bullshit that starts being put on us so we need to go back to how we were when we were a baby because that is as we are and I did it I did a meditation last week with another um kind of another teacher of mine and she said something like we're all out there searching for love and we're forgetting that we are love. And I was just like, ugh, yeah. Yeah, we get sold in this idea that, you know, we aren't love. And then as you're saying, I love that you brought up the child thing because it's something I love to talk about too, is as you're saying, it's like as children, like you don't have to do anything for love, you are love. And then we get conditioned thinking we have to be this achiever you know you have to accumulate all this stuff to be love but then realistically we are love yeah yeah just who we are is enough like as a human mm. and when you like think about it too like really deeply like the chances of being born and etc cetera, etc cetera. so like it's huge gratitude or even be born in a first world country like it's pretty much you hit the jackpot or jackpots <laughs> absolutely totally agree mm, which is again we're just like not taught this stuff we're just not taught it and so you know unless we all go on our individual journeys of learning ourselves and going through dark times or hard times or um and really looking at these different areas of ourselves that we have suppressed and we don't want to look at because of shame or guilt or grief or whatever it is that we feel um we we won't things won't change around us and we will still we will just keep creating the same patterns and the same things and you'll have the same types of relationships that are shit all you know continuously throughout your life if you're if you don't this is my belief anyway we don't start looking within and looking within us um and I also watched a video today. It was just a little quick one with Joe Rogan. And I don't know who his guest was, but the guest was saying, 
you know, we think we fix all the problems around us by, by fixing the problems, but there's going to be unlimited problems. And what we need to do is fix the problems within us and start looking within us to actually feel okay with the problems. Then the problems can kind of come and go, but we're good and we're kind of like solid and we can mm. deal with whatever comes. And it's like, you know, like uh, we're solid, got our shit together mostly, um, but we, we feel pretty good, you know, and then it's like a tornado going on around us. And, and it's like, we don't have to get sucked into that, but we can, we can stay solid. We can, we can deal with whatever's happening around us without getting sucked in or, you know, completely pulled in because we have done that work within ourselves. hundred mm, percent. And it's like, for some reason we fall for this trap that think, oh, I wouldn't say trap, but we fall for it. Is that we think we're a God. <laughs> or in charge of the universe and somehow we can change the external or much to match us and how we feel. But then realistically, the reason why we're after change the external so much, because we're after these feelings inside of us, but those feelings have already been there from the start anyway. Yeah. Totally. Mm. Totally. So yeah, um, I'll wrap it up on this question. What is the legacy you want to create? <laughs> Oh, that's a big question, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> well, what I feel super passionate about more than anything, so I talk about mental health quite a lot, but I really feel passionate about women and allowing women to feel safe in, in all that they are. So, you know, in the craziness that they feel and the emotions that they feel and the too muchness that they feel and their sensitivity and all of these parts of themselves that they feel safe to be able to express themselves in all of these areas. Um, and yeah, just to be, just to feel um, so much love for themselves and acceptance that they feel that they can show all of these parts of themselves and be sort of like completely who they are in this world, whatever that looks like. Mm, it's so important. I say yeah it's a lot of it is something that's so needed in this world right now it's like being you know accepting who you are and all these emotions that come up and sex or etc but yeah thank you heaps for coming on very much appreciated yeah thank you for having me i loved it it was so good it's awesome thank you cheers for tuning in today's podcast guys um make sure you give it a like comment tell me what you think of it etc etc and then also if you think a friend will value from it please share it with them and also before i let you go um, i also have my re-engineer your mindset program so you can check that out at my website which i'll link below and also i will have a mini course on breaking patterns out as well so that will be all in the link below and on my website but cheers for tuning in today guys